This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com we win away 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 we win Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a shot How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Even more so that for another year, Halloween is done and dusted and I've had to go out and do trick-or-treating. The joys of having a one-year-old is that you can do it quite early and um, avoid uh, hassle. Um, are you are you somebody who leaves stuff out uh, for trick-or-treaters? Good Lord, no. I'm literally celebrating the fact that it's, I think, the third year in our house. And we've still never had a knock on the door from some begging children. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I mean, this has literally vindicated my whole choice of house. The only thing that's vindicated it. Isn't it funny? Because we live in a house where we even put, because we've got children, we put pumpkins out. And that is nowadays, that is the calling card of permission to knock on the door the way it should be. So you don't have to knock on loads of people and see people scour at your children so we have pumpkins out i've been in bristol for almost 10 years and i think i can count the amount of trick-or-treaters that we've had all through that time 
on like one hand we barely get anything but we always prepare just in case and that means i usually have a very nice monday evening um, exactly love hearts. Exactly. <laughs> i do i do like the idea that we have finally figured out some sort of like code of conduct for trick-or-treating it's all like there is an international sign for it's okay to knock on my door and ask for sweets uh so so that that is good i mean i'm uh, as a as someone who is absolutely not gonna gonna encourage that sort of behavior on my sunday evening I'm really glad we've we've verified and validated this international code of Halloween. Yep, and I completely agree, especially as somebody who was raised on the older curtain shirt lights off method. Over the, you know. <laughs> exactly. No longer needed to sit in the dark. And then, like, yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. I don't have a pumpkin outside. They're not going to knock on the door. Wonderful. Okay, um, football, 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 football. Hey, we've won away from home again, and you were there. How was the trip? How was the trip? I mean, the, the trip there was extraordinarily easy because I just happened to be in Manchester Friday night anyway. So it was a case of wake up in, in my travel lodge and stumble very hung, very hungover down to down to breakfast and into town to meet fellow fellow LS pod contributors. Um, the journey home wasn't quite as simple. If anybody ever tells you Oldham is a Manchester away day, they are lying. <laughs> they are just outright lies it is not in manchester i mean I, I left the ground obviously at five or where or whenever and i got the 655 train from piccadilly that is two hours i mean i, I should just absurd it's been longer to get from Oldham to piccadilly than it did from piccadilly to houston fuming but there you go it was it was it was all worth it rich it was all worth it it was all worth it and i'm, I'm always told over the years and it's not just a, a a modern observation that anytime someone talks about Oldham athletics it's always the coldest place to go which is damning i suppose it, it, i mean it was it was uh it, unless it had this reputation i certainly wouldn't have noticed it yesterday i think we got uh we got it at a good time you played them at a good time let's put it that way okay okay um yeah so swindon back to winning ways uh, we'll, we'll talk about the lineup which went back to the 5-3-2 so wingbacks hey well Wallacott and goal wingbacks Hayden and Iandolo, Baldry, Conroy and Critchlow at centre-back, in midfield, Gladwin, Reed, and Williams and Simpson and McCurdy up front. So I, I, to be honest, Terry, it's one of these things with lineups, and we talk about them every week and what our reactions were when they come through. But I think it doesn't matter if, if this is any manager, any year, any season, and people tend to flap wildly when 11s are announced don't they yeah and and i'm not gonna sit here po face and suggest that i didn't do that in the pub yesterday <laughs> yesterday uh quarter to two or whenever it was announced um the, the, the most important thing is that we went back to the 352 right and that that, that was an absolute no-brainer we had to do it i think there was some uh there was some 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 heated discussion in the pub in terms of in terms of Payne and Odomeo being, should we say, rotated in the, in, in hindsight, um, especially with with Baldry getting the nod over Odomeo. Um, we do know that Ghana said on Friday there were a couple of players who were 50-50 with Knox. I'm a staunch believer that if you're fit enough to, to be on the bench, you're fit enough to start. Um, it only takes one of our injury prone players to pick up another injury one you know a couple of minutes into the game and and you you can expect a sub to play 85 90 minutes right so i don't really believe that believe this sort of they're on the bench because they're not they're not because it's not really into that but 
I think the general the general consensus was that team is more than good enough to beat Oldham. Let's just go and do it. And if it means Payne gets a gets gets an hour less minutes in his legs after, I mean, he must have played every minute of every game so far. So, you know, if he if it means that he gets a little bit of a rest and and Baudry gets a few more minutes and we win the game, so be it. And, and that's how it turned out, really, wasn't it? So. I think at the time they're always like big important things that you want to talk about because it's part of the excitement of the day and part of the excitement of, of, of that away game experience. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter, does it? I don't think. No, not at all. I mean, as you say, the Aldermayo, uh, Payne, and Hunt were the players leaving. A fair few people would have been observing that that Payne's had a dip of form of late, and you know, I, I don't watch every game, but. I, I've, I think that's incredibly harsh, but there has been also this observation that Payne and Williams can't play alongside each other, and I guess that was justified this weekend. Yeah, I'm a huge Jack Payne fan. I'm certainly not going to subscribe to the opinion that he's had any sort of drop in form. I think if you actually watch the games, he's always the pass before the pass. Um, and, and again, yesterday, he, he even though he was only on the pitch 25 minutes, he... Uh, one fantastic assist for Simpson's injury time sealer um, should have had another assist for Simpson's ghost goal that was that was extraordinarily ruled out. Um, you know, so I think for me he impacts he impacts the game massively. Um, I if you put a gun to my head, he would be in my first eleven every single week and one of the first names on that team sheet. But we're going to play 15, 16, 17, 18 first team players this year. It's not, it's not a first 11. I don't believe in first 11s. It's not, it's just not something that exists. Talk me through that first half then. So all observations, you know, from people at the game, listening, watching overseas or whatever, is that the first half was very much a Swindon town half. Oh, completely. And the, the, the gulf in, in ability and quality of these two football teams was, was extraordinary, to be honest both in terms of the individual ability of the footballers and also the sort of tactical, structural um, makeup and setup of those two teams. We were so much better than them. I think, you know, we, we it, what became quite clear is that as much as we played really well in that first half, 1-0 probably flattered Oldham. And... It doesn't matter who you're playing or how bad they are; they will always have a spell. And one nil was never going to be comfortable, and obviously it played out. The second half played out completely, completely differently to how to how many of us thought it would do. But the, the general consensus at, at half time was that we were just about doing enough. We were clearly better than them, but hadn't really sort of clicked into anything beyond second gear. Um, that said, may, you know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh there. We've had two or three absolutely fantastic chances. How, you know, how, how Simpson hasn't scored when he swiveled six yards out, smashed it past the keeper. And it's just extraordinary defending. I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame Simpson for that at all. I think he's done everything right. And and the the centre-half managed to recover somehow and get behind his keeper and make the block. Uh, McCurdy's put one wide from a fantastic Ben Gladwin ball. You know, there there were so many opportunities in that first half that to be only one that up, it really wasn't. It really wasn't a, a fair reflection of the game. We were in complete control, and we were we were playing not only with a level of control, but with also also a level of of uh, what's the word? Sort of dynamism and vertical passing, and getting and progressing the ball and actually creating chances, especially down the left. 
that, that we don't seem to see at home. And I'm not, I don't want to sort of, I don't, I'm not really buying into this home form is a huge problem thing, but I do think that it is strange what the, we do seem to have more thrust away from home. Um, and, and, and that was really noticeable yesterday, especially in that first half. Everything, it was wave after wave and, and, and we really were turning the screw and it was constant, consistent pressure. Um, and we don't seem to do that at home, and I think I, I can't figure out why. Yeah, it's a weird one in terms of you know struggling to finish teams off, and we should have been out of sight, you know, after forty-five minutes. Do you think that's a football thing, or was it a Swindon thing? Because you know it's a conversation we've had over the years where like Swindon should have been three or four ahead. Do you think it's just a, that's football? Do you think it's something that Swindon ten, it, it tends to curse us more than others? I think it's probably League Two football. I think. The, the the difference between the top and bottom of this division is vast, I would say that, because without going off on a huge tangent, because the fact that only two clubs get relegated, it means that bad clubs can survive for years longer than they should do, right? Like, Oldham should have been relegated two years ago. The, the fact, you know, Scunthorpe, how they're still in this league, I don't know. Well, I do. It's because only two teams go down. So... Bad teams can knock around at this level, the bottom five, bottom six of this level for a long time. Um, and just get increasingly worse. So I think there is a huge gap. I think it's probably the biggest gap in the football league in terms of from top to bottom. So I think a you have this you you, you have this effect where you will have halves of football where one team is way like miles better than the other team. But also this is League Two football, which means that in those moments, in those key moments that really matter, we don't execute as well as we should do, or we make poor decisions. Um, and I think that's why it feels like we're significantly better than a team, but we're only one up at half time. Um, there's a, there is a huge gap, but also we're not quite good enough, consistently enough, to make the right decisions and take our chances. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think that sort of, sort of makes sense. Yeah, yesterday reminded me as as like a, an inverse of. Um, a lot of games last season under Sheridan, but the one that stands out particularly was Blackpool away, and and, and it's a similar sort of a similar sort of idea, right? There was a huge gulf between the two teams, but but on the day Blackpool weren't quite good enough to absolutely smash us, um, because they had numerous overloads, numerous times it was four or five on two, um, numerous great opportunities that they just didn't take, and it was exactly the same yesterday. But obviously we were on the we were on the right foot this time, rather we were on the the, the right foot rather than on the receiving end. Um, we could have, we genuinely could have, it could have been five or six quite comfortably, but it's just a little bit of luck, a little bit of execution, and a little bit of poor decision making. Oh, remember when Blackpool was supposed to be the rivalry of the year? <laughs> oh wow, yeah. I mean, look at them now. I think it might have worked out better for them. Um, McCurdy scored. Are you fully signed up to the cult of McCurdy? Uh, am I? I'm, I'm fully signed up to the cult of McCurdy away from home. Um, I think he, I think we set up slightly differently and that gets more out of it. But also I think his mentality is different away from home. Um, he want, He strikes me as the kind of player who wants to play the pantomime villain and you can't do that at home. So therefore he, 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 he sort of loses loses his secret sauce at home, I think. Do you know what I mean? Like he there's not there's not really a that extra fire in his belly to to piss off the home end or to to <laughs> to run in front of the paddock at Oldham, giving it when we go three one up. 
despite the fact he's been booked already. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I think he's just, it's just, it's probably a mentality thing. It's just his secret sauce seems to be playing away from home, and and re- and the thing that elevates him from a frustrating mercurial in and out sort of footballer to a genuine pain in the arse with, with, with some good ability and good finishing seems to be that that switch that only gets flicked away from home at the moment. You know, we're talking small sample size here, aren't we? But that that's my read of it at the moment. It's like the county ground is the zoo, but if you want to see McCurdy in his natural habitat, you've got to go to Barrow. You've, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have you have to you have to go on safari in Barrow. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, couldn't have put it better myself. It's all it's all good and well going to Colchester Zoo to see a monkey, but if you really want to understand how they behave in the wild, go to Thailand. You've got to go to Thailand. You've got exactly. to go to. Um, it's been, you know, away from the pitch. The 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 of McCurdy has moved from this. <laughs> that's funny. He's like talking like the rest of us too. Oh no, this is going a little bit icky. This is gonna. How long do you give it? Two weeks? Three weeks? I think I said. I mean, I think I said five days ago that I give it fourteen days until he tweets. Uh, we go again. Fans were class. Red emoji, white emoji. I think that's how long it will take for for someone to get to him. But I, I I think it's a real shame that we we demand players to have personality and we demand players to be likable. Um, and the general consensus on social media is that it's something's funny. It, it's funny to offend someone until it offends someone that you don't want to offend. Do you know, just like if he makes a joke that you think is funny, it's funny. If he makes a joke and the butt of the joke is something that matters to you, it's not funny and you're offended and he has to be cancelled. And it won't be long until I mean I think he's already done it once, but it won't be long but until until he until he gets his second and third strikes. Whereas for me, I just think if you if you if you take life that seriously, then you should probably you should probably uh, as a fully grown, particularly as a fully grown man, as we've seen this week, getting into Twitter spats with professional footballers. I think um, I think we should all take a long, hard look at ourselves and figure out that there is life outside out, outside social media and and um, and 140 characters. It was all a bit. It was all a bit pathetic, really, wasn't it? But um, good fun, good fun as well, I suppose. But I think with McCurdy, I mean, we were chatting in the pub yesterday with McCurdy, and I think. There was a general consensus among along among a lot of us that I personally think he's on a charm offensive, right? I think he he understands that this is probably his last real crack in the football league, and he's got to get it right, and he's got to be likable. So I think he's trying to be himself, but trying to be and, and have this huge personality. And we don't want to take that away because that, that is what makes him so special. And, and so, um, you know, he's got this instant connection with both with both his teammates and the fans. But I do think he is, he is obviously also, in effect, playing for his co- professional career here, you could argue. And therefore, it's really important that he is likeable and that he and, and that he does really connect with the fans. And I think, I think there's, that they're probably... There's probably some ulterior motives to, to to some of the stuff going on. I would suggest. I don't know how I'll feel when the cult of when the cult of McCurdy collides with the cult of Clem in December. Yeah, I think if you if you throw in the the cult the cult of Johnny Williams as well. I mean, I did the club Christmas card with Clem as far as as Father Christmas and Johnny Williams and McCurdy as his two elves. It's just just going to go down an absolute storm, isn't it? <laughs> 
I love the fact that Andrew Hawes referred to uh, McCurdy as machine gun McCurdy. Yeah, I didn't me mind that too. at all. <laughs> in commentary as well. Not it wasn't like a it wasn't like a, you know, in his his thirty second wrap up of the half, was it? That was like that was live and direct. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so fair play to <laughs> big fan of it. Big, big fan. If you look around social media at halftime, you can still see there's this need you know this is this angst towards Tyree Simpson so it's absolutely wonderful that the second half was Tyrese's half really wasn't it yeah I, I couldn't be happier for him <laughs> Walk, oh, yeah. walking out of the ground Connor was getting so frustrated you know he was Connor was so delighted that Tyree Simpson had bagged and played really well I think it's, I think his, his his statement was that he's one beer bearing in mind it was only five o'clock and he was definitely going out last night it, he was one pint away from finding every tweet on Twitter criticizing Tyree Simpson and just and just going for it. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that he, I'm glad that he had such a good night in Manchester. He didn't find three hours of his life to do to do that. Um, I, it, what do you think, Rich? Do you, do do you think uh, th- there seems to be now the second wave of the Tyree Simpson debate is? Did anyone actually hate him, or did 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 is it just people? think that he has potential and, and are encouraging him because I've seen a lot of a lot of people now saying oh no we weren't really we weren't really slagging him off we were just we were just encouraging him because we think he can do better so like come on like some, some of the grief he's been getting has been absolutely nonsense I think you know in terms of the podcast the, the problem is always when I ask for you know comments from listeners because I do it right on the whistle and that's where people are at their most reactionary aren't they so you know people can go steaming in and then have a couple of hours of reflection and may not think it but without a doubt Tyree Simpson was was definitely is a definitely you know if he doesn't score at home in the next league game it's going to come back again there's going to be a wave of those comments that Tyree Tyree Simpson is no good um and I got to be honest last week because I don't really edit anybody's comments if people contribute to the pod I like to read as many as I can out if not all and when I was just doing the recording and reading them out I was just feeling more and more you know said it before I felt this real feeling of ickiness because it didn't seem right it's, well, obviously it's because I don't agree with the comments but just because I don't agree doesn't mean I don't read it out and exactly I just, yeah I just felt this sort of feeling of it, it's this we didn't lose because of Tyree Simpson you know he has his flaws but he has his plus points and that was we didn't lose against Bradford because of Tyree Simpson but the reaction other than like there was criticism towards Ghana, but there was a lot of criticism towards the centre forward, which just didn't seem right. Yeah, and I think I think that it is okay to say we are a striker short of of, yeah. uh, of potentially a, a a title winning squad here, and and because of that, we are asking a nineteen year old to play every minute of every game, and therefore he's going to be inconsistent and he tires quickly sometimes. But that that is all that is all fair cop. I think. Connor made some really good points on on Simpson as part of his sort of uh, tirade against <laughs> his, his passionate defense of uh, defense of him. Um, I think there is this general consensus that that Tyree Simpson is is a big hold up player who's going to be a beast in the air. That is not Tyree Simpson. It's not Tyree Simpson's fault that he is a well built young man who is six foot two, not five foot eleven. 
Like if he was, as Connor said yesterday, like so credit to Connor, not me for for all of this point. But if he was five eleven, nobody would be moaning about him being less, um, you know, not not winning as much in the air or not holding the ball up as well. But just because he just because he looks a certain way doesn't mean that your expectation of him to play in a certain way. You know that that's not the standard you should hold him to. To get the best out of Tyree Simpson, you play the ball into his feet and you play the ball down the sides, so he can roll the centre half. He's absolutely lethal running directly at centre halves, as we saw yesterday. He's lethal coming short and spinning in, and he's lethal in one in one on one attacking situations. He's not a big target man. So stop thinking he is and stop holding him to, 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 to a standard or to a type of footballer that he is absolutely not just because he looks a certain way. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we'll, we'll move on. We're going to, there's loads of positives from this game, but there was a period in the second half where a lot of people thought we could, and previous teams would have thrown it away. Um, what, what went wrong in the second half of periods? Uh, what went wrong? I think it just actually started breaking down through a little bit of complacency. And actually, I hate to say, I think there was two or three players who just had a funny a funny five minutes and that really sort of snowballed into, it, 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 into, it, into giving away the sort of control that we'd had for the first hour. Um, Johnny Williams got a couple of kicks quite in quick succession. And then after that, couldn't really get back into the game. The, he was making bad decisions. He was giving the ball away. Kessler Hayden was was doing the same, and it was just it was just for for a five or ten minute period. We we were just giving the ball away through through a slight dip in performance in two or three individuals. It wasn't it wasn't a sort of big systemic thing. Um, and actually, when you when you look at it, Jojo hasn't had a proper save to make in that in that spell. I mean, he's he has made a couple of saves in the game, but actually. The period where it felt like we were we were letting old and really get back into the game, it was all huff and puff. But it what they didn't really create anything. Um, and again, the back three, the back three dealt with pretty much everything that was thrown at them. Um, there were a couple of penalty shouts thrown them as well in that period. I'd say across the two shouts, there's maybe half a penalty in there. The one on Dion, we were a long way away. It does look like Hope gets the wrong side of him. But then I also think hope just goes down the second he gets into the penalty area, and it was very obvious of what, what he was trying to do. So, you know, I think again, it could have, you know, they could have nicked something in that period, but it, it, they weren't really doing enough, and they just didn't have the, the quality to really hurt us. And and actually, Ghana Ghana made the changes that needed to be made, and Ryan East came on, and he had another really a really positive impact. And as, I think he had really, really positive impact to Sutton, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago? Um, and he came in and again, and, and what we and we put him in alongside Reed, um, and obviously Payne came on for Williams as well. And we just changed the shape a little bit, and um, uh, it just seemed to give us a bit more control having those two ball playing holding midfielders. That 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 sort of double pivot of Reed and, and East just allowed us to to dominate the ball a bit more. We always jump as a collective to we always jump as a collective to why isn't Leiden, why isn't Grant playing? But we really should give East a little bit more credit, shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean he's clearly ahead of both of both Grant and Leiden in the pecking order at the minute. And I, and you can't argue with that. If you look at if you look at the the contributions of those individuals 
this season to date that he, he is rightly miles ahead of those two. Um, hopefully, I'd love Jordan Lydon to come back into the fold and have a role to play. Um, I, I really rate him when he can put when he can put a string of games together. But we also know it's got to be it's got it's got to be a really really slow and steady thing with Jordan. And and Grant, to, to be frank, I, in my in my opinion, when he's played this year, he's looked off the pace, and I don't think he fits in the structure or or the or the way that that we're trying to play at the moment. Um, you know where we're trying to dominate the football. I would personally rather have East in there over Grant at the moment. And yeah, you can't you can't knock Ryan East. I think he's slowly, slowly working his way at the pecking order. Um, and actually, wouldn't be surprised over time to see him in certain situations if we if we if we try and play a little bit more. You know, if, if perhaps if we get a. a a decent cup run, and we're 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 away, or we're playing a, a a better a better a better side, or a side in a high division, or as the season ends, as its business end, you know, back end of the season, and you've got and you've got Forest Green at home, and we are actually both going for the top three at that point, and you want to be a bit more conservative. There's no reason why you wouldn't play Reed and East from the start. I think I think he's starting to get to that point now where that wouldn't phase me at all if if, if we saw that at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. But the game was finished. At- just about um, in the 79th minute when Tyrese got his goal. And, you know, they are, and the goal he scored in, in the 94th minute too, it's just, it's just that is the, the football that Simpson thrives on, isn't it? Yeah, one on, look, one on one, one on one attacking, not banging the ball up and expecting him to beat Pierre Gianni in the, you know, Pierre Gianni or whatever his name is, has been knocking around the conference in League Two for the last 10 years. He's, he he will head and kick everything, but he will have an absolute nightmare when when Tyrese gets the ball on the floor, runs at him, bounces off him, spins him, and that's that that's where the obviously where the third goal came from. The second goal again is that one on one, that that the one on one situation where it's not a ball played up to Tyrese with his back to goal. It's a it's a ball played to Ty that he can control, shift, make a bit of space, and and finish absolutely emphatically. Ty himself in post match said that the touch for that first goal was, was fortunate, and I think we we all know that. But it doesn't take anything away from the fact that it happened, um, and 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 that is a better situation. That's the situation where you want to get Ty into. When you do, he he creates things. Like we've we've seen it all season, and as we all know, yesterday he was robbed of a hat trick as well. Yeah, talk me talk me through that because I haven't seen the incident. Well, unfortunately, Rich, I also didn't see the incident. <laughs> uh, I saw I. I I saw I saw Simpson smash it in, but I didn't see I didn't see the ball go out of play or not go out of play, so to speak. But um, you know, Connor and, and and the other the other guys we were with were all absolutely adamant that, that it was wasn't even close. Um, it's just a simple a simple sort of get to the byline, get it across goal, first shot's blocked, ball falls to Simpson five yards out, smashes it in, it's a goal. Um, and then absurdly the the linesman flags. Um, but you know, look, it's it's it, it's a shame, but in the grand scheme of things. Um, sometimes, sometimes they go against you, and if they're going to go go against you, you want it to, you want it to be in that situation, and, and that's not really cost us. The game finished three one. Pierre Gianni got a goal back, but Simpson finished it off at the end. Word on Oldham because oh man, they they are in a sorry state on the pitch, and even worse off. You got to feel for him. Yeah, you know, especially with our lived experience of the last of the last eighteen months, two years, arguably longer. I'm sure some fans would say. Um, it's really sad to see, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're claiming there was 4,000 there yesterday with, with 650 town fans, which, by the way, is an extraordinary number to take up to 
up to Oldham on half term, half term Saturday. So yeah, again, our away fans are, are really are really putting in the graph this year. Um, but yeah, from from Oldham's point of view, there was there was never three and a half thousand home fans there, not a chance. Um, didn't hear a peep out of them all game. It's 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 toxic. It is bad, and you do really feel for them that you know they're big old traditional club who who are at the heart of their community and, and just it just shouldn't be, shouldn't be allowed to happen. I don't know how you stop it happening. You can't bring in policies to stop people running businesses badly. Um, you know, people are entitled to run businesses in whatever way they see fit, um, as long as they're not breaking breaking sort of the laws of the land or the rules of the game, which which at the moment they're not. They're, but what they are doing is just through sheer incompetence or but or through sheer greed, they are killing a community club. And it's it's really sad to see. Every single person we met yesterday was was friendly and welcoming, and it, you know it's a it's a proper old school. Away day, even if it is in the arse end of nowhere, the away end's fantastic. You get some right old noise out of there with with six or seven hundred fans, and it's just it's just sad, isn't it? Again, to see the, to see another proper club on its knees. And the last thing we want is for is for clubs like Berry, like Oldham, just to get just just disappear and get recycled, and then get replaced by tiny village clubs like Forest Green Rovers or whatever. You know, that's that, that's that's not what we want. We want these big communities to have their football clubs and. To be to be in the heart of those communities. Anything can happen in a minute or two. It's <laughs> you won't believe this. It's Coventry City one, Swindon Town one. Andy Much has equalised for Swindon, and we'll do our best to get that goal for you uh, before we leave you tonight. The whistle's just gone. In fact, it's one one at Highfield Road. Coventry City one, Swindon Town one, which is great news for Swindon supporters. Methinks it's time for listeners' contributions. Thank you to everybody who sent something in. I was looking for opinions on the old game and man of the match as per normal. So we start with Harris Hawke, who gives his man of the match to Louis Reed. Superb again. Paul says, Tyrese on toast. Great performance by all. Possession and pressing to order. So get the marking from set piece sorted. And we are serious contenders. Dion was a composed leader today, but man of the match, Ellis Iandolo. Complete left-side performance. Forward and back. Ellis Iandolo, lovely. Swindon Spartan says, tremendous away win. Gladwin was again incredible. So great to have Dion back. Sort the home form out, and promotion should not be the target. The league title should. Hanra Hanra Anthony Grant, 42 says wobbly few minutes here and there aside that's a near on perfect away performance bags of control gutted to see roms limp off ultimately today was all about tyrese somewhere near you dan hunt will be sat grinning his buttocks off for big tie and rightly so tyree simpson man of the match simon says Great performance. Glad we're man of the match. Class today. Pete gives the man of the match to Ellis Iandolo, but shouts out to Kane Kessler-Hayden and Ben Gladwin. For Oldham, Loney Kuto impressed. Glad the penny has dropped that Williams and Payne cancel each other out. Nice to see faster forward movement, but a poor Oldham side should have been put away earlier in the game. 4D gives Iandolo man of the match as he did excellent going forward and at defending. He's quietly having a very good season so far. And Moles chips in with, we really missed Iandolo last week. He's been excellent 
as a left wing back this season. It's only his final ball that's been letting him down. Moonraker gives Gladwin man of the match. Imperious performance, says Moonraker. Mr. Jason says, we looked very good throughout, bar a patch of old and pressure in the second half where we looked shaky. Iandolo will Gladys man of the match for me. Iandolo just never stopped and Gladwin showed class throughout with great turns and some good deliveries. Ben simply says, champs away, chumps at home, every game away, please. Muttley says, absolutely typical, we'd win 3-1 the day I decided not to bet on that scoreline. I did predict that in the presser episode, Muttley should have gone with it. Luke says, first half was a breeze, but felt like we hung on in the second a bit despite our goals. Simpson desperately needs a rest, but today will be good for his confidence. Critchlow and Reed both excellent, and Williams is a class above. Nice to go into the two-week league break with a win. Paul M says, all conquering first half did a job in the second. Garner and Chorley have a superb squad to work with. It's a total team effort this season. I am an unashamed member of the McCurdy Collective. Come on, you Reds. Dean says, impressive away again. Gladwin starting to put consistent performances in again. Baudry also quietly went about his stuff well today. Nice to have a striker towards the top of the goal scoring charts. Tom E says, really good performance against an average team. Iandolo, man of the match. Gladwin, not far behind. Conroy makes such a difference. And well done, Tyrese. But for a goal line clearance in the linesman, should have scored four. Max says, fair play to Simpson. Perfect response from him, given the last game. Two great finishes, and it could have been three. Man of the match, our Kess, though. Never stopped running and was great going forward and defensively. Wardy S says, great win. Iandolo was great over 90 minutes, but I've got to give my man of the match to Simpson for a double away from home. Made a bit of hard work of it, but overall, another convincing away win that keeps us in the promotion pack. Matt in Singapore says, Simpson's goal showed that our patient play will never get the best of him. On the counter, catching defences high and with balls for Tyrese to run onto, he never looks like missing. Patience when needed, fine, but we and Tyrese look much more deadly on the break. Bernie Man says, enjoyable game to watch. Good games from Iandolo and Williams, but Gladwin, man of the match for me. His passing and crossing was next level. So happy for Tyrese, deserved a hat-trick, still needs help from another number nine and a rest occasionally, but... He shut a few up today. The League 2 Lukaku. And finally, Jimmy Legs says, couldn't watch but listened. Nervy at times. Very happy for another away win. Just wish we could see the wins at home. Simpson scoring two is great. Silences his critics and bumps his confidence. Upcoming League 2 defences, beware. So a lot of stuff there, Terry, covers everything that we've discussed. In terms of man of the match, the ones that I read out, plus... People who sort of send me their Man of the Match in their DMs, which I'm very grateful for. Ellis Iandolo got Man of the Match from the listeners. Who gets the podcast Man of the Match? Yeah, Ellis Iandolo, by an absolute country mile, is a landslide. He was outstanding. I, I don't recall a better performance by, by certainly by Ellis. <laughs> I would argue by, I'd argue by any, by, by any, by any left-sided defensive player in in this shirt for a long time. Maybe Dom Thompson away at Ipswich on debut before he got Sheridan. Um, 
but Ellis was absolutely fantastic defensively, offensively. Obviously, he got he got the assist. That first half, everything was coming down the left with him and John, Johnny Williams, and it was it was fascinating to see. I think what what's been really promising this year is that is the is the Gladwin Kessler Hayden combination. I think that that's shown some real um, some real sort of potential because Hayden wasn't at his best yesterday, um, but what we lacked on the right. Because of that, we more than made up from the left, and and Williams and Iandlo really connected, and the first goal is just just fantastic interplay between the two of them, isn't it? So, yeah, it, he was he was faultless. His his energy, his enthusiasm, his work rate. Um, it's funny, old. I can't get my head around around Iandlo's career at all, can't you? I mean, he's I've, he honestly. The day that he leaves here, he could leave here for the championship and he could leave here for the Conference South. And I've no idea, absolutely no idea, 50-50 toss a coin, because I've got no idea actually where he stands. I, I understand where he stands to us as a fan base and 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 to the club. And, and I think he's starting to, you know, this, particularly this season. It's another manager that's come in and seen great value in him, particularly down that left in that left wing back position. Um, but outside of our club, I've got no idea how anybody sort of sees him, envisages him, is aware of him. Who knows? I, I, honestly, he we could sell him for a million pound in January, and, and I would be not surprised. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see him released in, in whenever his contract's up and he signs for Maidstone. Do you know? I, do you know what I mean? I can't honestly couldn't tell you where he ends up. No, I completely get what you're saying there. And I, you know, you know me, I'm a fan of pointless stats. And out of his seven seasons with Swindon, this is only the second um, where he's started 10 or more games for Swindon in the league. And the highest is 10. He's not play, He's not started 11. You know, he's come on, come off the bench a bunch of times. And obviously he's been injured a lot um, in his time. But in seven seasons, that's that's a very 1960s fringe player career. Um, where you have no other option other than to just wait for your turn. But, you know, if if this is the beginning of him coming good, then well, we've been patient. <laughs> we have been patient, yeah. Uh, yeah, he would have he would have made a living as a, as the 12th man, as the first substitute, wouldn't he, back in the day, for sure. You know, put him anywhere on the pitch and he'd do a job. But, um, look, like, I, I, I just pray for his, for his own sake more than anything that he does stay injury-free for, for the rest of the season. And, and he gets that 35 game, 40 game season under his belt because if he does that, I'd love to see him in the same way. I'd love to see a lot of our players get rewarded with a with a with another two or three year deal. And who knows, Rich? We could have a testimonial on our hands in, in two years. That would be the funniest thing ever. But I'll be there. I'll be there <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. it. I am completely down with that. I'm, honestly, yeah. like I am here for an LSI and low uh, testimonial. Uh, that, that I can't. I mean, that'd be outstanding. It really would be. I, I, I am. I'm actually personally a huge Ellis, Ellis fan. I think he doesn't get the. He doesn't get the credibility and the respect he deserves because he had a strange footballing journey before he joined us, um, and because he's in and out of the team with injury through no, no fault of his own. Um, for, for me, when he's fit and he's playing, he's he's uniquely talented and perfectly. Um, perfectly built for that left wing back spot and if we're going to play with a left wing back then he he is absolutely the first choice in that position yeah elsewhere Critchlow went off early he rolled his ankle but they're hopeful that it's not too bad yeah it looks a bit of a sore one um 
I really hope that this draft excluder free kick thing just stops. <laughs> it's absolute <laughs> nonsense, isn't it? Like, what is it? We're like, you always see this. Like, there'll be a weird trend at uh, World Cups, and then a year later, like you've got the whole of League Two doing it, and it's just bizarre. Like, I thought it was really peculiar the first time I ever saw it, a couple of years ago, or whatever. And the fact that we're still doing it is it's just mental. It's just like, <laughs> it honestly causes so. I've seen must you know I've seen two or three people pick up knocks because of it, and it just it just seems absolute nonsense, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, you just don't jump. <laughs> it's, just, it's your job. Take one for the team, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Like, it's just absolutely bizarre. Instead, you've got like five professional athletes just jumping down and landing on you because you've been asked to lie on the floor. <laughs> like, what? Who came up with this nonsense? Like, just stop it. Just stop it. Next week is a break from League Two, and we go up to Crew in the FA Cup. And as far as I know, there's no sort of restrictions on who Bengana can play. So this could be an opportunity to one, cash in, try and win, try and get in the second round. But it could also be a really good opportunity to play more fringe players that that we can than in the Papa John's trophy, which is the following uh, midweek. So, I mean, would you say let's go for it? Let's try and beat Crew Juan in good form? Or are you thinking let's, let's give the Jordan Lydons of the world some minutes? I think the answer is a middle ground somewhere. I think you're probably not going to risk Williams or Gladwin. I basically anybody who's min, who who who's load as we keep hearing about anyone who's load we're managing, which is our buzzword this year, isn't it? Managing load. Anybody in that bracket doesn't play. As simple as that. Anybody else? We haven't got a game midweek this week. We've only got a pizza trophy game the following midweek. Um, so anybody else, I, I would just stick in and go for it. Um, I'd drop, I'd, I, I'd rotate the keepers uh, for sure, because why not? Um, we've got to keep Lewis Ward fit and engaged and happy, um, especially with JoJo potentially going off to the to the African Cup of Nations in the new year. So yeah, I, I, I would fully expect five, six, seven changes and, and to get minutes into you know I'd definitely start Ryan East for example, probably over Reed. Um, and, and and I would just I would rotate as much as possible, but it wouldn't be a case of like with the greatest respect, it wouldn't be a Gordon Calmeadow and Darbray afternoon. It's more of a it's it's a Ryan East and, and Anthony Grant, um, and may, maybe a Harry Parsons type of afternoon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and we know McCurdy is suspended for this one. And you know to let you into the wonderful world of the uh, the Low Strangers WhatsApp group, we called that. Fuming, Rich. I'm fuming. Why is there not a bookie that does yellow cards <laughs> in League Two? I'll tell you why, because it's really easy to fix. But um, yeah, I mean, that was the most obvious booking. And obviously, he got it for dissent. Yeah, it so obvious. I think actually, it wasn't dissent. It wasn't dissent. It was, it was for the second time this year, he was booked for kick for um, just towing the ball away from a goal kick just before the keeper took it. <laughs> <laughs> for goodness sake, Harry! Although yesterday, I'm, yesterday I was all for it because obviously he does miss. He does miss Saturday, which is which is ideal. So yeah, oh, there we go. I think that's that's pretty much it, Terry. Any other final thoughts on 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 what was another very good away day? I don't think so, Rich. I just think let's not take this away form for granted. It, it's extraordinary. I mean, I, I'm sure um, people more statistically 
clued up than you and I will be able to tell us the last time we won. Well, we took 20 points from the first, what is it, eight away games of the season. I can't imagine we've done that for a very long time. So just enjoy it and uh, roll on to Newport. I think Newport's a, 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 an official LS pod day out, isn't it? So uh, looking forward to it, looking forward to it. Oh boy, so am I. But until then, Terry, trick or treat. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. The box to Good run by him and now match The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. For goodness sake, Harry. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.